If you build it, games will come. If the thing that you built was a gaming PC, that is. Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. This week, we break down our current gaming PC builds. Look back on the first time each of us built a gaming PC, what went wrong, what went right, and what we've learned. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. And we're back. Hey, we're back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey. It's time for some podcasting. Podcast. Click, click, click. Here we are. Always, always a highlight of my week, recording this love show. love to talk about video games with my pals. But mm-hmm. you know what? What? If people want to support the show, something that they could do mm. is head to MaximumFun.org slash join. It's like a really cool place to go. And, and if you go there and you become a member... You would get to hear our beans cast about Call of Duty. And in the future, you will get to hear what I think about the end of Horizon Zero Dawn because you I'm sure going to beat that freaking game and we're going to record a beans cast about it. Yes, we definitely and are. People should join. Yes, join, become a member, and you get all that. <laughs> and you get to support the show, and you get yes. to know, you get that warm, fuzzy feeling that you're supporting your, your good buddies mm-hmm. uh, at Triple Click. And uh, yeah, good times. Before we start, um, just want to give a quick shout out to a listener we got a very adorable email um the other a few weeks ago from uh, a woman named kate who lives in atlanta and kate uh i won't read the whole email but she basically she's a big fan of the show um and she wanted to give a shout out to alex rodriguez her partner um that's his real name alex rodriguez and to <laughs> say happy birthday so happy birthday alex and kate hey. thank you for the lovely lovely listener email happy birthday alex yay kate says then she and alex call thursdays kirk hamilton day and i said oh that's funny i also call thursdays kirk hamilton day i don't yeah, I know think why. a lot of people do Everybody i just think of it as thing. like that day of the week yeah it's kind it's of like, a common thing Ugh, Monday, like the worst day. Go have to go back to week. Go back to work. Oh, Friday's TJF. Oh, Thursday's mm-hmm. Kirk Hamilton Day. That's just that's just how I roll. Sure, yeah, KHD. That's they call right. It. That's right. This is the Kirk Hamilton show with Jason and Maddie. I think that's also what it's colloquially known as. I believe exactly. that's uh, I believe that that's true. Well, um, yeah. Happy birthday to Alex. So. Here on the Kirk Hamilton Show with Maddie and Jason, <laughs> we're going to talk today about one of Kirk's favorite subjects, but it's also one of Jason and Maddie's favorite subjects. Really, it's triple True. click, and there are three clicks in triple click, and we all <laughs> click on our mice that are plugged into our gaming PCs, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Boom! Nailed the segue! Nice. How about that? I, I think it. that was uh, that's that was professional podcasting right there. Can't click on a fucking console. You can't. You sure can't. You can click the thumbsticks. I think yeah, that was what we click, agreed on. Yeah, I guess. Like and also the pad. touchpad, yeah, the, the PS4 touchpad. touchpad. The PS4? Yeah. That's clicky. Yeah, there's some clicks. Yeah. But the clickiest thing of all is the gaming mouse. We're so going true. to be talking right. about PC gaming, specifically about building a gaming PC, which is something that all three of us have done. And we thought it would be a fun topic to talk about since it's a sort of endlessly frustrating, fascinating, and fun topic. <laughs> so we're going to start this discussion just talking about our current gaming PCs. All three of us built our gaming PCs. So we're going to go through just like, what's your build? When did you build it? So let's start with Maddie. Maddie, what is your gaming PC and when did you make it? Okay, so I made my gaming PC, my current one, 
It's the mm-hmm. second time I've ever built a PC. Okay. We're not going to go back that far yet. We'll talk about that later. Yes. This is my second time building a PC. And I did it in 2017. Freshly hired at Kotaku.com. Having that, <laughs> nice. having that lovely union salary. And what did I spend it on? A new gaming PC. <laughs> and do you want me to just list off all the parts? How, how yeah, are we doing this year? The, the sort of CPU, GPU, just so people can kind of know what you're operating with. Sure. So the video card, I'll start there. It's a GeForce 1080, which mm-hmm. at the time was the coolest one. Still that you kind could of get. a stalwart. Still pretty cool. Still pretty cool. The processor is an Intel Core i7, and it's a 7700K quad core, okay. 4.2 mm-hmm. gigahertz. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I got 32 gigs of RAM in here, and the motherboard is an Asus ROG Maximus Hero. I remember deciding between different motherboards and the Hero wasn't the best one, but it was like the good enough one mm-hmm. at the time. Does it really matter how it good kinda, your motherboard is? As long as like, it's compatible with everything else you pick. Right. It can make a difference, but less of right. a difference. But I feel like the the bottleneck for people is like the GPU, CPU. I never understood yes. like what a motherboard, like what the why you have to spend more money on a motherboard. Well, mine lights up and that's what's really important. <laughs> that's, yeah, about that it. does ma- make a big difference. It can make a small, a marginal difference, but the CPU GPU and GPU yeah, it's like a speed the difference. difference in the sense that absolutely everything is a speed difference. If right. It's compatible. I just I like to call mine my mother brain. Mm-hmm. That's a <laughs> yeah. that's a good name for it. So okay, that's a that's a solid build. That's actually very similar to mine. Jason, what is your uh, PC? Yeah, it's also extremely similar to mine. Just like Maddie, we probably built around a similar so, yeah, time. So yeah. So I built mine. I built mine in 2018, and I'll tell the story in a little bit because I yes. have a good, pretty good PC gaming story. I actually documented it on Kotaku. You did. Um, I have an i7 processor, also i7-7700 CPU, and then a GTX 1080 uh, GPU, which has been holding up. I mean, I can play pretty much everything at 60 plus frames a second. Even like Red Dead 2 has been holding up pretty well. It's not Mm -hmm. like 60 plus, but like between 50 and 60. Well, you can't max every graphic setting, I'm sure. Right. And I turned down, I mean, I I found in my my last couple years of being like um, mostly PC gamer, I found that like usually you turn down the hair effects and the shadows and it really doesn't make a difference. Like these games still look good. Those are kind of the two, yeah. Like subspace scattering, surface scattering. Although I only have 16 gigabytes of RAM and that actually is suffice. Like I I think 32 might be be future-proofing pretty well. (laughs) Um, And um, and and yeah, I have a solid state drive, three terabyte hard drive, the usual. Um, and I have a 750 watt power uh, device, mm. uh, PSU, mm-hmm. which is another part of my PC building story that I'll get to a little bit later. I also have a 750 watt one. So I have an 850 watt power Ooh, unit because I am the most higher hard- number. <laughs> that's really <laughs> p- future proofing. I bought it because I think I was running um, two graphics cards in SLI for a while, and you need a lot more power for that. And I believe that the new NVIDIA cards take need a lot of power too and that some people are finding that they're buying them and then they don't they need a new power supply i had never bought a new power supply and it was kind of an intimidating thing to buy but i bought it so okay my pc is it's a strange concept it's like okay wait a minute i need to buy this box that is like terrifying right. and yeah. like electricity it's Has like literally a million a, things coming out of it yeah a bottle of electricity it's like a bottle of electricity <laughs> inside a box it's like that's definitely the yeah. scariest part of building a pc is knowing that you have to put this power supply right. in the back of right. it it's also the most i mean that's also where all of the weird the weirdest connections that you have to make go yeah i guess that's true i feel like seating things on the motherboard is also really stressful like 
like things can really go wrong. Like let's not let's not say that's the most terrifying part because there's too many terrifying parts of building a PC to for us to possibly rank. Actually, and I'm I'm thinking it through, and it's actually it's connecting the case to the motherboard is the scariest thing. That's where the little tiny plugs come in. But we'll get there. So really, just really quickly, my PC is very similar to yours. I'm now using an i7 7700 whatever K. I do have it overclocked. I have a very complicated cooling system. I'm using a Noctua fan cooler now. I used to use an all-in-one. I went through a whole yeah. kind of weird obsessive process that I did, documented on Kotaku, and we'll link some of these mm-hmm. some of these articles in the do show notes. Do we have notes. the same cooler? I also have a Noctua. CPU it's a cooler. big daddy cooler. It's yeah. like freaking big. <laughs> it's great because yeah. I overclocked, so I'm running at like I think 4.7 gigahertz. It's like a little faster than stock, just because. I like wanted to. Because you can. Yeah, because I can. I was like, I'm going to get into this because I'm a gaming journalist. At the time, I was like, this is for work. I'm going to learn this And thing. now you just do it for like saxophone stuff. Just making sure <laughs> just, that that's going well, really I pro- well. I don't know if I'll overclock my next <laughs> CPU. but And I have a, when we start telling specific stories, I have a whole story about my motherboard and CPU because I built this in 2015, but it was not with any of these parts. It was right. in this case, but I totally ripped the guts out and built a new one with the same hard drives. And it actually when, like, worked like over time incrementally. That was or? in um, this uh, kind of a, uh, incrementally with graphics cards, and then um, I did a whole motherboard CPU swap at one point. Wow! That then just kind of worked way better than it should have. <laughs> that's, I'm kind of giving a that's the end of that story is that it, it went really well, but I'll, I'll tell that story in a little bit. But anyways, yeah, pretty standard. It's in a huge case. It's like this Ooh. Cooler Master case that is ludicrous. It's called a Stormtrooper. I don't think they make it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and it is just just obelisk. It's so big. I hate yeah. how big it is, but mm-hmm. it works and it holds everything in place. I'm like, well, whatever. I guess it can stay. But I, I kind of wish I had a different case. Well, you also recently upgraded your GPU, right? Like you got a new GPU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we new talked graphics about card that. last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm using a 2080, I should say. A, a yeah, RTX, RTX 2080. RTX 2080. Um, so I want to give a shout out to my case, which is a Fantex Eclipse Series P400. You have a nice S. case. I really love it for a couple mm-hmm. reasons. One is that it has the motherboard like standing things built into it so you don't have to worry about that mm-hmm. um, the things that keep the motherboard away from so they don't fry the ca- from from touching the case um, and also it's just like super sleek and nice looking and yeah, it's really not huge it. Maddie do you um, have a huge gaming case to go with your huge gamer chair so the first time I built a PC <laughs> I had a huge case yeah, for, for it and it I'm was terrible I because I was still going to land parties back then and like mm. carrying a huge case to a land party it was like embarrassing and ostentatious which are not qualities I possess like it was very like a look at me computer in mm-hmm. a way that I despised and <laughs> When was was, this? When did you build your first PC? Yeah, let's just talk about our first PC builds. Maddie, go ahead and tell us about this. So I want to say it was 2009. I should have gone back and found like old emails tracking this, but that would have been the time period. So I would have been... 23, 22. And I remember even at the time I was like, I can't believe I'm only now building my first PC because I had already played games on PC for years by that point and had never built one. And I'd had so many problems with PCs as as a teenager and in college, just breaking and like not having a way to replace the parts incrementally, because if you have a Dell or whatever, you can't, I mean, you could break it open, I guess, but like, it's kind of ludicrous to do that. And I just, I just hadn't gotten around to building one. And, um, I was dating a guy at the time who also had never built a PC either. And, 
he just was like, I feel like you should have a PC that you build yourself. And so as a Christmas gift for me, he like put together a list of all the parts we would need for it and like asked different people we knew to buy me each of the parts, which was a very kind Christmas gift mm, way back nice. when. And so Extremely I nice. very kind. And then we built it together. And I'd like to emphasize like neither of us had any idea how to build a PC. This was not like a significant other doing something for me that he was guiding me through. Like it was blind leading the blind. Like we were both learning how to build this PC together. And my formative moment then was that it was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. And mm-hmm. I, I would be curious, Jason, to hear your story. But even back in 2009, I was like, I thought this was going to be so hard. I had put off doing it for so long. But there were YouTube tutorials. This was before PC Part Picker had been like redesigned and it was the website that it was today. So it was at least mm-hmm. a little bit harder to figure out like which parts went together and so on. But putting it together... It wasn't that bad. Like I there's certainly aspects of it that are terrifying and like things can go wrong. But if you're smart enough to put together like a complex Lego set and like you have the dexterity to put it together, then you're good. And that's that's all you need. And I I don't know, as compared to some of the other cosplay projects and like bizarre <laughs> hardware modifications that I've done to mm-hmm. Fight Six since then, out of a cockiness and thinking, I built a PC, how hard could this be? Building a PC was way easier than a lot of the other dumb shit I've tried to do over the years. And so I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> listeners will hear that and be like, huh, maybe maybe it's not actually that bad. Like once you yeah, pick out well, the parts, you know. So I actually want to zoom out for a second. And Maddie, I asked you this before the show and you said you'd found an answer. So yeah. when, when did the concept. So computers obviously have been around for a very long time. Yes. And let's go back to I the beginning <laughs> of the dawn of when the was age. When was the first computer? Of computers. <laughs> so you see, it all started. Um, no, but so when did the concept of like people at home, just hobbyists, like random gamers building their own PCs, when did that become a thing? And when did it become such that the hardware manufacturers like were designing components that could be pretty easily plugged together to let pretty much anyone like buy, buy a bunch of stuff and put them together? Yeah. I mean, I think my answer is still 2015 and later is when it got really easy. But even as somebody who was doing it in 2009, I thought it was easy. It's just that the messaging around it during that time period was that it was hard. I think that Mm -hmm. has changed. And I think some of that is just gamer culture finally changing on this and like more Mm -hmm. people realizing that things that seem very difficult are just wrapped up in that type of marketing language to make them seem exclusive and cool. But it's actually not that hard to do a lot of these things. And building a PC, in my mind, is that way. And it was like unlocking something really cool for me to realize that anyone could do this. And then it was just a matter of like finding these five components, making sure they were compatible with each other. And then you put them together and plugging them. And yeah, it's really, I think what's scary about it is that unlike Legos where you buy them and you know, they're all supposed to fit together a certain way. There is a little bit of trial and error here and that you don't know um, exactly what components are supposed to go exactly where. And there's a little bit of, but, but okay. So to tell my story, um, so I was always a PC gamer as a kid. I would play on my parents' computers, whatever. I didn't even think about like building PCs back then or anything. And then uh, I had a laptop and I would play like back in the way back in the day, I would play World of Warcraft on my laptop um, and like other random PC games. But it never occurred to me to build a PC until Kirk started bugging me like around 2011, 2012. (laughs) And he was like, build a PC, build a PC. But I could never do it because I lived in a Manhattan apartment that was like the size of a closet and there would be no room for my PC until 20, like 2017, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, when I moved into my current apartment, which actually has a 
little bit of space and has enough room for me to have like a little office area. And so um, I decided I'm going to do it. It was like January of 2018. I was like, I'm going to do this. Um, first PC, I'm going to build it. At first, I considered buying a pre-built, but I was like, no, I'm going to do this. It's going to be so much more satisfying. Um, and so after careful consultation and research and blah, 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 I like wound up getting all the parts, getting together a list of parts, talking to Kirk about it, set aside an entire afternoon, like five hours to just like sit back and like, like tinker away. And it was so much mm-hmm. fun. Tiny the process of it. And little tiny oh, man. cups. <laughs> it's like such a sas- satisfying, like incredibly fun process of just it like is. standing there and putting these pieces together and like troubleshooting and Googling things on online and watching YouTube videos and being like, okay, first you do the motherboard and then you plug the GPU in, the CPU, blah, 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 blah. And you learn all these little quirks, like the switches for your power and reset are like in like these super, super tiny things that you have to like really figure out how to yeah. use. There's just a lot of interesting stuff that you learn. And I loved it. And then five hours later, it's like 10 p.m. I haven't a- eaten anything. I, I haven't like even drank water. <laughs> I'm so fixated on this thing. I call my wife over and I'm like, uh, uh, hey, I just built this PC. Like, check it out and let's watch it turn on. And I press a button. And nothing happens. No. <laughs> I'm like, shit. <laughs> nothing happens. Um, and I documented this on Kotaku. It's it's fun to go back and read these stories. Um, my PC adventure log, PC building log. Um, but what turned what wound up happening is I took it to a computer shop, and he was immediately like, uh, "Oh yeah, the power supply is busted," and called me back. And you had like a the failing f- power supply, right? Wow. It was literally like dead on arrival. Like I, I, there was no way I would even be able to know because <laughs> yeah. it just didn't work. Right. That's and so uncommon. And that's that a little. It is uncommon. Um, it's one of the things that's like a risk of like doing this whole PC building mm-hmm. thing That's right. is like yeah. if your computer doesn't turn on there's really no way of knowing what the problem is without extensive trial and error and there's mm-hmm. so many little things that like one plug going the wrong way or one when especially when it's the first time because you exactly can, it wasn't working before so you can't even look at what you might have changed it's like everything just changed because you just built it which yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep. but That's so now so uh immediately so I ordered a new power supply on the internet like plugged it in uh immediately started working and I was like whoo I am I I'm a god. I felt like a god. <laughs> I've made life. Um, yeah, and one of the things feeling. that's cool is that, like, when I took it to the computer supply person, he put in this little tiny thing that makes a beep every time it turns on. So every mm-hmm. time the computer turns on, it makes a little beep. And it reminds me of that saga and, oh, like, nice. building Aww. it myself. And it's pretty mm-hmm. cool because you, like, learn what all these things do. And, like, if I want to replace something or if I know there's a problem, I can just kind of get in there with a the screwdriver. And I feel I'm still a little intimidated. Like, I'm still a little worried about, like, touching something wrong or getting static electricity on it or something but it's mm-hmm. it's nice to to know that like i built this thing it's it feels yeah. pretty good every time i turn it on it's like oh i built this thing so yeah to all all you people out there who are wondering like and intimidated i highly recommend it it's really cool oh yeah I've seen people compare it to working on cars and how so many people own cars but don't think about what's in there. And if you learn to work on a car, it is fun as a hobby, but also very empowering in that way where you you know what everything is. You can just like change stuff out on your car and you no longer feel like, I don't know, you're you're beholden to this object that you own that you don't fully understand. I think that's that's changed so much with cars, though, in the opposite way from PCs where cars have become more proprietary and like harder for you to get in the mix and fix nowadays. I mean, it's true of Macs. Like it is true of a lot of types of computers, just not gaming PCs. It's just cool that PCs have retained that sense Mm -hmm. that cars used to have where it's like, yeah, you could just get in here and fix this yourself if you know how and if you know what to do. And that hasn't happened 
I don't know. I just think it's something cool and people mm-hmm. should know. People should know they can do this. Kirk, you got to tell your your first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my history goes back farther than you guys, both because I'm a little older than the two of you and just because I started cooler. PC stuff. <laughs> so cooler. That's what, I was, that's what I was going with that. No. Um. So really and like. The first time he was four years old, you know, I got electrocuted <laughs> I just, a couple of times, but like he was also learning to read at the time. So like, I was <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to own gaming consoles. So I did play my first games on PC and had a PC that I saved up for for like ever when I was I guess in middle school or something so this would have been in the sort of mid to late 90s and I so to answer a question or to give my take on a question you asked a little while ago Jason on sort of like when it became a thing to start making gaming PCs like people who were into computers made computers forever like for decades but gaming PCs I think it was kind of around the advent of the GPU of the standalone graphics card which was around the turn of the century like when I was playing PC games in the late 90s like playing Half-Life you didn't get have a graphics card it was just like how fast your processor was that was the main thing that mattered right dedicate or integrate graphics is right and then right around when like unreal first came out and kind of these like you know it was like dedicated lighting sources where there would be like a red light rotating in the corner of the room and it would be flashing on your gun or whatever in a first person shooter like that kind of stuff started using a dedicated graphics card and that was like the first geforce cards came out in like 1999 2000 so that was when it started. I started to be like, oh, if I really want a gaming PC, because I would like read PC Gamer or whatever, mm-hmm. I have to get something that has spare PCI bays that I can like plug in a graphics card. So I didn't build a PC throughout that whole period of like the early 2000s, but I did buy like a graphics card and install it. So I would open up, a, I would buy a PC. I think I like maybe like bought one. Like a prefab one. one, yeah. I think I bought the parts and then had it made at like CompUSA. Like I took it to the people right. at the computer store because this was yeah. like before the internet was like, there was, when I was first doing it, there wasn't even YouTube or anything. Like yeah. it was really like, like I would have a, com- I would break the computer or something would stop working. And that was when it was very stressful because you'd yeah. be like, oh my God, now I'm gonna have to like take it to the frigging computer store and it's going to cost me X amount of money to just have the person fix it and I'll have to wait all this time and what a mess. I can't believe I just broke this connector or whatever. So that for a while was what I did and then right around like 2009 maybe, so around the same time as you, Maddie, I built from scratch my first PC and my brother-in-law, who's an electrical engineer and a really like just sort of brilliant technical mind, helped me do it. So wow, he was kind lucky. of my spotter. That's yeah. helpful to have it was an very, It was very helpful. So I'm sure I could have been looking at YouTube videos and I remember being struck even then by how... Um, kind of regulated everything felt like yeah. pretty much everything fit. You'll always run into that stuff where like you buy RAM and it has heat sinks that stick up and then mm-hmm. the the like cooler on your CPU hits up against it and you're like, oh, that happened well, to me. shit. Yeah. yeah. But then you can, with certain cases, these days, like you can, everything's so modular. You can like put the ca- the cooler on yeah. the top. Sometimes. On the side sometimes you can't. Like sometimes that. you're host and you need yeah, to get it different depends. RAM. But that's the thing about PC part picker, like Maddie mentioned yes. before. Nowadays it has all the compatibility factors. So like mm-hmm. it'll tell you when you're doing right. a PC part picker like oh this doesn't fit with this like these yeah. two so things aren't I would say that PC part picker plus the just like Tom's hardware and yeah. YouTube like those three resources are so make it so much easier now that you can do it and then I think that like the component makers have also made everything a lot more standardized and a lot easier like I think it's Asus who I've never had an Ace maybe I have one now Somebody makes a thing that connects all of those case, 
those tiny little case plugs that go onto the corner of the motherboard, yeah, yeah. like your your lights, they make like a standalone thing that you plug in first, like off of the motherboard, and then you just slot it down onto the motherboard. So it kind of makes it a lot easier. Like oh. you still have to plug those things in, but it's a lot simpler. And I wouldn't be surprised if I, my case now is like 10 years old. If you got a modern case, they just give you like, there's just one thing that you like clip on and it's much more standardized because that's always the thing that stresses people out. Um, almost as like, I guess CPU stuff is still stressful, but it just feels like all of it is becoming um, a lot, a lot less fraught. Yeah. We should talk about cash um, because I know <laughs> yeah, a lot of people out there. How much does this cost? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so a lot of people out there, I'm sure, are considering buying next gen consoles, maybe are thinking about getting into PC gaming, maybe are listening to us talk right now and thinking, oh man, I should go build a PC, but can I really afford it? Mm-hmm. Um, so my PC, so we all three of us have high end PCs. And so we I do. imagine all three of us spend a lot more than you really have to um, just yeah. to make sure that we were totally maxed out. Mm-hmm. But my PC, in case people are curious, um, I got. I wound up getting a graphics card and a motherboard um, for, for free. free. <laughs> yeah, because, that's worth mentioning if you got because some we had and a CPU. The CPU and motherboard were in the office. Gizmodo had an extra one that they gave to me, and the graphics card I got as kind of like extra. Like, yeah, we would have budget for hardware at Kotaku sometimes. Um, yeah. So I got a graphics card for that. And even with mm-hmm. that stuff for free, the whole thing cost me $1,259 um, for like Windows and the cooler and the case and blah, 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 all the other stuff. So altogether, it was probably like two grand if I had had to buy the GPU and CPU and motherboard. But I think if you weren't, if you got like a cheaper CPU, way cheaper GPU, like, and like, cut down on some of this stuff. I think you could go way lower. Um, but can, yeah, I'm curious yeah. to hear what you guys what you guys did. Sure. I, I can say that the guts of my computer at the time cost $1,500. And that does not include the case. And it doesn't include the monitor. It doesn't include the keyboard or the mouse yeah. that I bought. So, so it's definitely, it's spent. easily over two grand with yeah. including all of those other things. But, you know, at the time, I didn't upgrade my keyboard I did buy a new case at the time, but I I did those other upgrades later down the line. And I Mm -hmm. also think it's true that, I mean, I definitely could have cut down the cost if I had gotten just less good parts and that would have been fine. Like I just picked the best possible stuff at the time because I could afford it at the time and also because I was a games journalist. And so I figured I may as well get the best possible parts. But I just, I also think that if you build your own PC, it actually is cheaper. Like if you- yeah map out how much it costs to get a prefab machine that's as good as what you could make yourself you are mm-hmm. actually saving money if you if you build it yourself and that is something i have always calculated and i, I it's also cheaper to repair it if you know how to repair it yourself like the, mm-hmm. the it does pay for itself even if there is some sticker shock on on hearing that like and if you use pc part picker you can adjust for price and stuff like you can mm-hmm. you can pick cheaper stuff that will still work and still be pretty good but anyway yep. Kirk, what'd you pay um I, it's it's varied i mean this pc was was i'm sure quite expensive i don't actually know how much everything costs but i'm sure well, cause it's, you I've, yeah because you've upgraded over time that's the so thing is i've upgraded say. over time many times but i'm sure if i had bought all of this say in 2017 and like bought a 2080 yeah it'd be like probably closing in on two grand Mm -hmm. though i remember that pc i built in 2009 was under a thousand i don't think i had a monitor for it but it was a much more sort of modest pc and it was great i could play like so many games on it like you like you've both said i mean i at this point i was like well i'm like 
covering the hardware beat to some extent for Kotaku. Like, it's my job. I'm getting paid for this. And it's so, yeah, I'm going to like buy better things. But it is definitely possible, especially now, to get some pretty good stuff for a lot less money than that. I feel like the other thing that I noticed the first time I built a PC was that it was significantly better performance wise than any PC I had had prior to it. And part of that was probably just because I bought better parts. But I also got a little superstitious about it. And I was like, (laughs) I feel like since I made it myself and also since I now know how to fix it and like incrementally change different things about it, I'm saving money. And also it lasted for years. Like we're talking about the difference between 2009 and 2017 here. Like that's a really, really long time to have a PC. And like, yeah, I, I upgraded some things within it. But that's like me spending two grand once as opposed to every three years to Mm -hmm. upgrade a PC or every four years. And that's a significant difference to me. Agree. And I mean, you kind of have a better gaming experience. And and I think like if you want to sacrifice a little bit of frame rate and resolution, that's I mean, really, that's the trade off, right? If you spend less money, then you're not running Cyberpunk 2077 at, at 60 frames a second. But like I just uh, Googled a little bit for builds that are like under a thousand. Yeah, you can totally do They're it. probably like faster than my computers. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like can get some irony, really right? decent stuff. You can yeah. get some really decent stuff. Like, uh, uh, Yeah, I, I should mention, I mean, I guess I don't want to talk too much about price but there is like when you become a pc gamer it is very easy i wrote this these articles will link and show us that were the 10 best and the 10 worst things about building a pc mm-hmm. and one of the things in the 10 best things is convincing yourself to buy the more the expensive thing part because yes. there is like as much as we're talking about fiscal responsibility part of pc pc gaming is an expensive hobby that yes. sh- we shouldn't like gloss over that this is an expensive and thing it's to do cost prohibitive to like have a lump sum of two thousand dollars right at the beginning as sure opposed to like definitely true for something over time and there yeah. are a lot of slippery slopes it is built of slippery slopes there's just <laughs> yeah. so many times where it's like well but you could just get the slightly better version of this thing right. and oh think about what's better than me and and there's a whole like apparatus, you know, music gear is very similar where it's like, mm, yeah. I don't know, you could get like this better shielded cables though and pay another, it's, like, it's just why? $10. Like <laughs> everything, Kirk, you're describing all of capitalism, like buying, buying yeah, yeah, a yeah, car, buying a house, everything. Right. Like, yeah. I'm just relating it to things that I've been dealing with lately, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all kind of similar. And so that is at least worth mentioning that psychology. You have to be very clear on what you want. And once you have a thing that plays most games, I feel like that's a good goal. And mm-hmm. then when you start to hear the clarion call of like, but you could be playing it at 144 hertz. <laughs> like, you got to just be like, no. But does it even look that right. different, really? I mean, we convince right. ourselves it does. But even at the time, I was like, why am I getting the 1080 graphics card? Like, what right. are we doing? Right. And I mean, I'm glad I got it. It's fine. But it, it, it would have been Though fine. Though the monitor thing, actually, the higher refresh rate monitors are pretty nice. That's true. Just, and That's we, true. as we discussed many times on, on It's Sports worth Game. it. I actually switched monitors. I had a, a 1080p yeah. monitor at first and then mm-hmm. switched to a 1440, um, one of the ones with like G-Sync or whatever mm-hmm. it is that goes yeah. with NVIDIA. And it was worth it. It's like a really good monitor. I really like it. Um, I, so I found a, this is from Reddit, um, just a random build that I pulled up. And you can get like, this is like a $1,000 build. You can get a, an, a Radeon RX 5700, which is a pretty decent graphics card. And like a, a Ryzen uh, 3.6 gigahertz CPU. And like mm-hmm. all this other stuff it's like a package for a thousand dollars i'll link it in the show notes um and an rx 5700 i mean you could be doing like a solid like 
1440p and good good frame rate and yeah man i've heard good things about those ryzen cards i'm so like i'm just like intel i feel like a lot of people are intel nvidia and then other people just do amd stuff across the board and (laughs) i had an amd card in the first pc that 2009 pc i built it was great Mm -hmm. i feel like amd is is cool and they don't do as much of that anti-competitive stuff that nvidia does i just feel so kind of locked in and i don't like really care too much so i just use (laughs) nvidia Okay, so we're being very rah, rah, hooray, PC building is great and easy. Um, Something that we haven't talked about yet is CPU installation. And I do want to at least mention it because (laughs) if there are people listening to this. Yeah, thermal paste. I I do want to talk about thermal paste. paste. (laughs) I have a whole complex about it. But also just, I think that if people listening to this have not built a gaming PC or thinking about maybe doing it, I do think that is one thing that feels kind of intense still. And I just want to share that I have installed many CPUs. It's always gone fine, Mm -hmm. even when like you kind of get it wrong or like you think you maybe put it like you're just very careful doing it. But it is something where this whole process. So to explain to anybody who hasn't built a PC, you have your motherboard, you screw it onto your case. That seems pretty straightforward. Usually you'll have the feeling if you've never done it before of like, oh, wow, the holes in the case line up with the holes on my motherboard. (laughs) Magic. Magical. Amazing. They're different brands, but they work. And so you screw it in and then it's good. And then there's just this open sort of platform awaiting your CPU. Mm -hmm. And then you take the CPU and it's like, you're like, okay, because you you probably just spent several hundred dollars on it (laughs) and it weighs a lot. It's very heavy. When you take it out, it's always like, wow, this thing like weighs a lot because it's like a very dense piece of metal. And then you have to resist the temptation to eat it, to like dip it (laughs) in salsa. To chew on it a little bit. Yes. If you're Jason, (laughs) dip it in salsa. Just Just see how it tastes. Just swallow it, you know? Um, There's always like the cutout corner. So it's a square, Mm -hmm. but then there's one corner cut out and that's what you use to line up which is always kind of comforting. You're like, okay, I know this is the right corner. Yeah. And then you're supposed to just drop it down and then you put the little thing over it the like that holds it in place. Like kind of like on an amusement park ride, like on a roller coaster ride when they yeah, pull the thing in. down. <laughs> so you're the attendant who goes around and makes sure that everybody, you're you the, have to. You're the underpaid teenager who probably yes, shouldn't exactly. be in charge of doing this. That's you <laughs> right, in this moment. Right, who has more responsibility than you should. <laughs> and you feel that responsibility on your shoulders as you prepare to bring the, the it's called the tension arm down. And you always have the to crusher. push it like, Yep. You have to push it a little harder than you. Uh-huh. You're like, oh god, <laughs> like I'm destroying my CPU, and then it like really you have to kind of be like, oh, and like push it in, and then you're just like, I just hope I didn't kill my CPU. I hope yeah. it's fine. You just hope it worked. Yeah, that was my description of the process. <laughs> but was it similar for the two of you? <laughs> um, no, I mean my only big problem was what I'm the the story I told before with the the failing uh, PSU. Yeah. But since then, I've had my. It's now October, so I've had my computer for almost three years now, and I haven't had a serious. A, a single problem yeah really. yeah once um, it works it works once did it you works, not yeah, get I, anxious about the thermal paste at all jason when you had to put it on or you felt great um it? no Loved it was it? already applied because oh. the, the motherboard you're, you're using like a stock cooler, i got a right? well yeah it was uh it was a stock cool no it wasn't a stock cooler i don't remember Are you using I don't like remember an all-in-one exactly. liquid dude i can't remember which one yeah which one my cooler was uh was the corsair h100 iv2 liquid cooler and i'm pretty sure there was already yeah one of those all-in-one liquid things thermal paste mm-hmm. applied i was actually disappointed i kind of hate those things now that's funny because <laughs> you recommended that i get that that was a prank so i advised <laughs> you to get that and now i have so since then well since then i went through my whole like cooling thing where i became obsessed with airflow and cooling because I was trying to figure out why my CPU was so hot and I was using one of those. I think it was a Corsair. I've used a couple of ones. I think I used a Cooler Master one for a while. And I always thought they were awesome because they're like, it's liquid cooling. And that, like for a long time, I just sort of, 
bought the hype and thought mm-hmm. that was a good thing to do. Yeah, but it sounds cool. It's liquid cooling. <laughs> and I think if you build your own really elaborate, real liquid cooling system where there's like lots of liquid moving. That's so much more dangerous and difficult. Right. Though, oh which my is God, why yeah. I've never done well, it. Well, that's, I would never do that shit. No, 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 of course. So, I'm, but I'm drawing a distinction between, so I remember <laughs> yeah. Whitson Gordon at Lifehacker did the story of it oh leaking into his God. computer. Nope. Oh my but God, the all-in-ones are just like, it's like a heat sink and there's just some liquid that moves yeah, over the heat yeah, sink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Those but, don't but, work as well as an air cooler is what I'm saying. And I've learned that now. And okay, actually now, well, if you were asking me now, I would just tell you to get a big air cooler. Those okay, my computer gets hot, but it's not like it's normal computer. We're well, not overclocking it. Right? right, I'm not doing any of the fancy stuff. But I will say that when I first got into PC gaming, I, one of the, I was always into PC gaming. When I first got into PC building, I, one of the big concerns I heard from people, one of the big sentiments I read online was like, I want something that just works. That's why I go with consoles. Like yeah. I don't want to mess right. around. But yeah. I found that in three years of of owning and pr- and playing a lot of stuff on my PC, it's always just worked. Like I've never had a problem. And maybe yeah. I'm lucky yeah. that I've never had some random blue screen of death or like no, computer cooling so. issue. I've had a yeah, I think experience. it's just pretty straightforward. Like mm-hmm. once you get past the hiccups of like of 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 building and like the CPU thing that Kirk mentioned and like random things that might go wrong, which really could go wrong with a console too, as we've seen many times mm-hmm. in the past um yeah. it's really yeah. not that bad i think a lot of that is based on just people's memories of how hard it used to be to build a pc and like how yeah, it easy it was to get parts that didn't line and like up. the lore that that caused yeah and just the the cultural osmosis of that lore of like mm-hmm. oh the horror stories are what people remember and like oh the parts won't fit together properly or like i'll have to replace a part after three years and i'll buy the wrong one and my entire pc will have to be replaced like those are those are the things that you don't want to happen but also i've never had those things happen to me ever right. like i picked <laughs> the right parts to begin with they lasted a long time i've made yep. incremental improvements but have barely had to because i picked really top of the line parts the first time and then it lasts almost a decade and that rules. So yeah, no, I have a similar experience for me. There's, there's definitely if if one can afford the upfront cost, right? Like you mentioned, that's, Maddie, that's as opposed to part. which is a tough, a tough thing, especially now yeah. coronavirus. Not a lot of people, like some people, have lost their jobs. It's really unfortunate. And like if if you want to get into next gen gaming and you don't have a lot of upfront money, the Xbox yeah. financing plan might be a good way to go. But if you do have the upfront cash, it's such a good long term investment for gaming. And the one thing we haven't talked about, largely because the three of us often get games for free, is Steam, mm. which has so many friggin' yes. discounts all the time that, like, overall you're saving. Well, and the Epic friggin' Game Store, Epic which gives you free, yeah, free games, games constantly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Xbox Game Pass. And Humble Bundle. Yeah, you're really you're really saving a lot of money long term if you play a lot of yeah. games and buy a lot of games mm-hmm. because Sony and Nintendo are not discounting their games nearly as often as as the Steam store is. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's definitely true that you can get a lot of games for not much or no money. And yeah, just to 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 add my own experience of like when things go wrong, mm-hmm. I, it's almost always self-inflicted with me. Like I'm always tinkering and trying <laughs> it's to upgrade. Hubris? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, or it's just me being like, I don't know, let's try a different cooling solution. But it was never that there was something wrong. It's just that I wanted it to be better, which is I think kind of the curse of the PC gamer in yes. a lot of ways. Like yes. it's just like that that hot rotting car thing. Well, of, I don't know. I've never really felt that to be honest. Like I'm I'm happy that I have this 1080 that hopefully lasts me for like two more years. I would be 
happy never have to open up my computer. <laughs> I'm not saying that if you own a PC, you will feel this way. I think that it is a way that a lot of people yeah, who it's, play PC games feel. If you're Kirk Hamilton and you built a PC, then you will feel Maybe this I'm way. just projecting right. my own experience <laughs> yeah. on everyone else's. Which is totally valid. <laughs> no, I think I think there is a subset of PC gamer that feels that way. I would say I Agreed. I feel that way sometimes, but then mm-hmm. I, I talk myself off the ledge because I'm like, it's already working fine. And like, are right. there other incremental improvements I can make that are safer? Which is like part of why I got the new monitor last year was because I was like, right. I feel like I want to upgrade something. My stuff is pretty good, but like getting a new monitor. Monitor is a really good upgrade. Really yeah, good that upgrade. really makes such a big difference. Um, Kirk, I think I've, I'll feel that way if I start playing like next gen games in 2021 and they run at like yeah. 30 frames a second and I can't get them much higher. And they just look like shit, just total yeah, garbage. Yeah, they just look like garbage, look but awful. I doubt that will happen. <laughs> feel like my 1080 is still gonna still gonna last a little while longer well pc gaming is fun we all like doing it um feel free of course to write us with your own pc gaming stories or recommendations a lot of our listeners know a lot about pc gaming so yeah we love hearing from you we're at triple click at maximumfun.org and you can email us about other things too feel free to write all right let's take a break and then we will be back for one more thing macho man to the top rope the flying elbow the cover We've got a new champion! We're here with Macho Man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, Match? I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast, oh yeah. Tell us more about this podcast. It's the podcast of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, woke discussions, man, and jokes about wrestlers' fashion choices, myself excluded. I can't wait to listen. Neither can I. You can find it Saturdays on Maximum Fun. Oh, yeah. Dig it. I can't hear are you myself, but I'm These are real podcast listeners, not actors. And hey, thanks for coming. Here's a list of descriptors. What would you choose to describe the perfect podcast? I mean, vulgarity. Dumb. Definitely dumb. And like, uh, right here, this one, Meritless. What if I told you there was a podcast that did have all of that? No. Jordan, Jesse, Go. And it's free. Jordan, Jordan Jesse, Jesse, Go? Go? Jordan, Jesse, Go. Jordan, Jesse, Go. A real podcast. And we're back, and it's time for one more thing when we each talk about one more thing. Maddie, <laughs> what's your one more thing? Okay, so I'm still playing Horizon Zero Dawn. So excited sure to beat are. this game. But I want to talk about the combat a little bit because I've been making a mistake. And I can only assume that our listeners have also been playing along because mm. why not? We've been talking about this game for of weeks. Of course you're, they are. You've probably picked it up. You, maybe you're thinking about yeah. what you should be filling out on the old skill tree. Well, here's what here's what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't do what I did, which was max out the stealth skill tree, which Kirk, as you noted, not ideal. Not <laughs> no. not ideal in this not game. Not much of a stealth game, really. Not much of a stealth game. It's not an Assassin's Creed. This game kind of feels mm. like it's an Assassin's Creed at first, but the more you mm-hmm. play, the more you realize that it's kind of like a monster hunter. It's, it's much more of a monster it's hunter. It's really yes. not an Assassin's Creed, and you really need to be more of a more of a cannon, more of a tank, more of a Samus, if you will. And I so that was a mm-hmm. that was a big mistake I made. But also another mistake I made. I'd like to emphasize I'm over 30 hours into this game. Like I'm really closing in on the home stretch. 
And I have not been using the time slowdown mechanic like oh, wow. at all. I was about to say that's the key to this nope, game. It's I'm very doing useful. It. Have not, if you're using it on the controller, it's very useful, anyways. Yeah. That's how I'm playing the game. Mm-hmm. I feel very dumb, and I really don't want anyone <laughs> else to make this mistake. So early on in the game, there's there's this this mode called concentration that you can level up in the skill tree, which is what I'm referring to. And when Aloy is lining up her bow, you can click the right thumbstick down, and it'll slow down time. And that only works when she's lining up a shot. If you click the right thumbstick down, the rest of the time it opens up her like. Batman detective mode and she like uses her smartphone Mm -hmm. to look at robots and stuff and like see cool stuff around town and that's kind of what confused me early on I think was that I was like oh like the right stick is for detective mode that's what the right stick is for and I kind of knew that you could use it for concentration early on but then I forgot about it because in those early battles you don't really need to slow down time that much game's still pretty easy for like a while but as it goes on it gets harder and harder it's pretty tough and i just kept on playing it without (laughs) ever slowing down time and just being like wow man i have to line up my shots really freaking fast in this game and like these things hit hard these birds birds freaking suck like how are people and i would be like googling being like isn't it really hard to fight the birds like they move really fast like am i the only person who thinks this and i was like man i guess i'm just bad at this game like whatever fine like i guess i'll just be really good so then Like yesterday, I was like looking at the skill tree and reading all my skills because I was like, I feel like I'm doing something wrong here. Like, let me just read every skill description. Like, how? how, what's up? (laughs) And I like was reading the concentration skills and I was like, oh yeah, I never used these. Oh, interesting. What if I slowed down time while I was aiming? The game is so fucking easy now. Like, stupid easy. Like, so easy that I'm mad at it now. And I'm like... I think it's that you got good. Because I actually wouldn't describe this game as easy even with slow mode. But but I think that by playing on hard mode for 30 hours, you've become amazing. So now slow mode gives you superpowers. Like, I've taken off my weighted armor a la Dragon Ball Z. And, like, now my true power is being released and my Aloy is going super sane. you need to kick it up to hard difficulty Yeah, I was going to say. Now you need to... It's ridiculous. So anyway, I'm just fucking reaping my way through this game now because I'm like, cool, it's easy. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk more about it. Play the the Frozen Wilds because there's a fight in that. There's some monsters in that thing that are that are not easy i can just slow down time how hard could it yeah. be i i have yeah. superpowers in this video game that i wasn't using this entire Man, time that combat is so fun but we will we'll talk more um, i'm sure in the Beans people cast. should be leveling up though that middle skill tree that yeah, is the that's good, the good one. that's the good skill tree just don't even worry about that using that sliding slowdown the aerial yes. slowdown those are actually very useful situationally and the jumping one the jumping yeah, yeah. slowdown is yeah, pretty decent one. too but really all yeah. of them it's like if you slow down a game it's really easy to aim you guys know about this <laughs> yeah. anyway i've heard that's I've my heard. hot that's my hot yeah i feel like this is a pretty common thing in bow games to it be is able to yeah slow slowing down, down time. time it's just a common i think it's a development just in a lot of games is that they realize that aiming with a thumbstick is hard <laughs> and that they want to give that it people would be easier if you could do it really slowly yeah. yes a way to feel <laughs> to feel uh more powerful and accurate yeah, sort of like the end of uh call of duty modern warfare yes mm-hmm. they're like you are not going to miss this shot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're slowing it down <laughs> gotta, gotta kill all three of them in one shot gotta get yep, all those guys that handgun. all right jason What's your one more thing? My one more thing is Baldur's Gate 3. This is a game I've been anticipating for a long time. It is the next game from Larian Studios, the company that made Divinity Original Sin 2, Woo! 
Which, Best by the way, ever. that was the first game I played on my brand new gaming PC. That's just such like, a good first p- gaming PC. It's the oh, ultimate yeah. PC game in so many ways. It was Jeez. nice. I didn't have a kid back then, so I could literally <laughs> just like <laughs> spend totally different, 70 different hours. Hour different hour I really, I spent all, an entire weekend just like, I did not leave the computer screen. It was amazing. That's such a great experience. Oh, man. What well, a great Divinity, experience. Divinity, yeah, that game is, is a special so game. But anyway, so, and Baldur's, that game was awesome. And then Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 were some of my favorites growing up back in the day, back on integrated graphics didn't need to build a pc for those games mm-hmm. um still hold up by the way baldur's gate 2 still holds up pretty well but anyway mm-hmm. when i heard that that larian was making baldur's gate 3 i got incredibly excited um and then it came into early access this week i played a bunch over the weekend i got like an early early access press uh version it's called um, double secret early access yes <laughs> it was actually a different branch they sent out a new branch on sunday yeah, being like yeah. actually like this has more bugs that's fixed. really the early access experience yeah so you, no i you got it the I early early access was also on these emails and remembered how weird this was <laughs> you didn't play it <laughs> did you or you, no. you were just saying, okay no i delegated um, it of course naturally like a true editor <laughs> got it because i was i was I was texting with I was texting with Nathan who was playing it, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, it is called early access for a reason, you guys. Like it is, it <laughs> yeah. is so buggy. I saw um, a little bit of this. I was like, I'm gonna wait for the finished version. Yeah, yeah, it's. I I was talking to you about it uh, for a while now. I've been talking to you about it, Kirk, because you're a huge Divinity fan, also, and a huge Baldur's Gate fan. And uh, I was like, man, I'm not gonna be able to resist playing an early access, and you should yeah. play it too. And you were like, yeah, I think I'll check it out. Now I would say, actually, just wait because yeah. it is so buggy. At least the version. I played it's so buggy that like you can't even trust when you're in a dialogue with someone and then suddenly they attack you like you don't know if they were supposed to or if it was a bug or if like the quest glitched out or something there was a point where like I I, like was picking an option that I thought would lead to a peaceful agreement and it just led to combat that happened a couple of times and they're just like all these random ass glitches like characters duplicating and jankiness and dialogue and it's just it doesn't feel good to play um it's like un- very unpolished however feels. so let me say that it's fun- interesting playing hades right which was this very long early access period yes. and now is released as this absolutely beautiful 1.0 version mm-hmm. we can trust that larian will make Baldur's gate 3 into a good game that seems like a pretty yeah, safe I bet mean, it's you're talking about apples and demons here because no, 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 but I'm saying that like, like, but Baldur's Gate three, that yes, I'm, I'm not. This is no judgment on the final product, right? That's I do have the a, thing that I'm trying to make clear. I here. do have a couple of concerns that I'll get, but I do have a couple of concerns that I'll get to in a second. But my point is just that like this game is so buggy that it's not even pleasant to play in early access. And if people out there who are also huge fans of both Larian and Baldur's Gate are wondering if they should play it, I would say no, hold off, unless you really want to be like part of the development process. Right. I think they're probably are a lot of people who do because sure, you get the game eventually and you get to yeah, check it out yeah. while it's still in development like sure. that's sort of actually what early access is supposed to be yes yeah. agreed right. but um it is not it also kind of like mars the experience because you're seeing a lot of this stuff for the first time and it's in a very unpolished state so yeah. it does have its disadvantages i'm also a little bit concerned so what's different about this from previous Larian games is that every single conversation you have is now like this third person bio rpg style like cinematic look and so it'll be a close-up of someone's face and then mm-hmm. another person's face and then another and every single time you have any conversation even with random NPCs it does this and it can really drag down the pace because you'll be and if you think about Divinity Original Sin 2 you have a lot of conversations you can talk to anyone in the world you have random conversations with them some of them just say one funny line some of them just have uh, like a, a bit of banter with you or whatever and then some of them are in-depth quests and conversations um, 
to have to do like to have to zoom to what is essentially a new cutscene every single time you talk to someone really really drags things down and I'm not mm, sure yeah. like I'm a little worried about how that'll hold up but again because this is an early access and they'll be getting so much feedback from players I trust those those developers to really right. just like fine tune this thing and get it feeling really great by the time it comes out in real like 1.0 eventually down the road but as someone who I, I see a lot of potential, we're like four butts in now. We've taken like four butts. <laughs> yeah, this turns. is the so butt. Now we're butt, but, but, but. <laughs> this is the, this is what it's like talking about early access. If triple right? click, if triple click is is dedicated to anything, it's butts. It's butts. Um, it's butts. We, we love got a lot of butts. <laughs> so yeah, so um, there is a lot of potential there, and I think it could be a really cool game, and I'm excited to play it. And I will not be touching the early access build again. Um, yeah, I played fair, early access Divinity fair. Original Sin one, and then regretted it because I'd never played that series and didn't know I would love it and then the finished game came out and my save didn't carry over so I didn't play early access divinity 2 and then I was really glad for that but even still played a whole bunch of the regular version and they released the enhanced edition or whatever and I have to start over so, you so I'm definitely yeah, waiting even the, the regular version is like an early access. right I'm gonna wait for the enhanced edition of Baldur's Gate 3 <laughs> in like 2023 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. assuming that we're all still alive in here okay so my one more thing uh really quickly is a game that I'll probably make my one more thing again because I'm really interested in it and think it's really cool and that is Star Wars Squadrons which is a big new Star Wars game that's out that I feel mm-hmm. like we should at least talk about on Triple Click. Have sure. either of you played this game at all or I no? Nope. I've read you haven't. Okay. Plenty about but it. Her good things. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Um I, I broad broadly speaking fun ass Star Wars flying game. I loved speaking of PC gaming, I love Tie Fighter, X-Wing versus Tie Fighter, X-Wing Alliance was I think the one that I played a bunch of. These are the old sort of space sim uh dogfighting games on PC. They're pretty crunchy actually like by modern gaming standards they had a lot of stuff because they were on pc so you had a keyboard with you could adjust all the settings on your you know your x-wing or your tie fighter your a-wing your interceptor whatever it was a sort of where i learned all of those ships and what they could each do so then i watched the movies now i'm like oh nice a y-wing and you know kind of like know what it is if you flew the thing and were sat in the cockpit you kind of really knew so this game is very much aimed at people who liked those games and it's great i think it's really good it has i'm playing on pc it has some like optimization issues it's always funny i'm looking at the forums for like ways to tweak stuff and people just seem so angry about a lot of things and i'm like okay but when i'm playing the game like it's really fun <laughs> like i'm having a great time shooting down tie fighters that's always the weird thing about reading forums like especially yeah. for a game that's like pretty well received and good is like oh well mm-hmm. i guess we're all complaining about the a-wing or something oh. yeah there's like things people don't love <laughs> so i've been playing it with um i played a bit in vr this game is completely Ooh. playable in vr and i don't i ordered the new oculus thing the um, Quest 2, which hasn't come, but it comes appar- apparently in a couple of weeks. So when that comes, I'm really going to like play with it. It's not like totally perfectly optimized for it, but it's pretty frigging cool. Like when you're, I've played a lot of space games in VR, but this one, like when you're in a friggin' X Wing, like, you're in VR and you're like flying and you look and there's like an R2-D2 behind you and it's just you're oh, looking cool. out the cockpit and it's just hanging out there and you're like a TIE fighter goes flying over your head and you're looking and like, I mean, it really <laughs> is cool and they'll i i think they'll it needs a couple patches for optimization stuff but like man and i'm also playing with um uh, hotas hands-on throttle and stick Mm -hmm. which i got for like elite dangerous a million years ago and i was writing about vr it's this old crusty one that it took me kind of a while to get working because it's like i think it's for the playstation 3 um (laughs) made by the company the company thrustmaster which is the unironic name of a gaming hardware company and i've always enjoyed that but um uh, it's so playing it with that is very fun i'm all about i'm learning how to drift right now which is the move where you 
This is a thing you do in a lot of spaceflight games, but it's where you're basically flying forward and then you go past the thing you're shooting at and you boost and then drop and like turn at the same time. So you drop your speed right after boosting and you do a really fast like physics flip around. And when you pull it off, this is drifting, you feel cooler than you've ever felt in your entire (laughs) life. And I'm just like explaining that to people who haven't felt this way, because if you want to feel cooler than you've ever felt in your entire life, you should try drifting in this game because it's very fun. But if you want to feel really cool, you should build your own Mm X-Wing. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Then you'll really understand how it all works. it's way easier than you would think, honestly. (laughs) It's true. The parts just fit together. They really standardized it since the new trilogy. (laughs) Once you Plug in the R2-D2, the rest just kind yeah. of... Uh, right, the R2 really just helps Just get you R2 out. to fix it for you, honestly. Like It's true. So I'm still playing through it. There's a cool story. It's pretty straightforward kind of Star Wars-y story. You play both sides, so you're like a TIE fighter pilot and also an X-Wing pilot, and you do... What if, what if both sides are wrong? Uh, right. kind of... <laughs> kind of the vibe i don't know if it it seems to me no i mean it's the empire sucks and her shitheads and like the alliance are good guys but it it just seems like i i don't know where it's going with the imperial storyline i'm guessing you're gonna eventually defect or something or who knows but anyways it's a fun game i'm gonna play more of it i don't have like super strong take than that but i'm actually really impressed with how good it is and how like the level of complexity in the simulation is like a lot deeper than I was expecting, but not so deep that you can't play it on a PS4 with like a regular controller. That's <laughs> awesome. Two years in a row, good Star Wars games. Wow. After Jedi Fallen Order last year. Yeah, really good, good stuff. And nice to see EA Motive have a like, you know, good game. That's cool. They, they seem like they, they deserve <laughs> yeah. they deserve a win. Yeah. So, anyways, that's it. That's it for us. That's it for Triple Click. We did it. it. Is. We did we it. We recorded again. another episode. This was fun. <laughs> Maybe next week we will be out of early access. <laughs> Still in early access? Oh, yeah, come yeah on. I think so. For a little while, we we're still kind of updating. You know, we're in like version. We're patching. Always iterating. Zero point nine point eight. Always iterating. That's us. All right, I will see the two of you next week. See ya. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edited and mixed the show, and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll head over to MaximumFun.org slash join and consider becoming a member. Doing so helps support us and gets you access to an exclusive Triple Click episode each month. Find us online at TripleClickPodcast.com, on Twitter at TripleClickPod, and send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Sweet. That's a very weak clap. Yeah, it's it'll we'll, it'll, it'll do. It'll get it'll get us there. <laughs> just a weak clap. It's just a weak clap. I just yeah, I like, sometimes you miss. You know, like when you have a bad high I five. Like didn't I didn't yeah. get it right? Like I didn't. The timing was <laughs> like off. when you try to high five somebody and it the sound is not satisfying and you have to do it again. Same deal. Same principle. My timing was all off. It happens. It happens to the best of us. Are we ready? Can I? Start? Yes. <laughs> yes. Take us away.